welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I'm going to be talking about what you really truly need to go out on your first solo dispersed camping or overlanding adventure. Um, you know, there are a lot of videos out there. I've done a couple myself of like what gear you need, of what vehicle you need, you know, recommendations for vehicles, old versus new vehicles, that kind of thing. Today I'm going to be talking about like the actual like safety requirements. So like things that you really need to think about if you're going to go by yourself that you're going to want to bring just to be safe. So again, if you're newer to overlanding, if you are newer to dispersed camping, if you've never really hit up like a national forest and gone exploring and been on your own, um, this episode should be extremely helpful for you. So let's get into what you really need to bring to be safe when solo overlanding or dispersed camping. everybody. So as I mentioned in the intro, today I'm talking about things that you actually really need to go on your first solo overlanding or at least dispersed camping trip. And what I mean by that is, so if you're not familiar with overlanding or dispersed camping, let me give you a really brief breakdown. I know a lot of you that listen to this podcast and watch this thing on YouTube know what that is, but just so if you're really, really new and you don't know, let me tell you really quick. Dispersed camping is basically just where you go out into like a national forest and they don't have facilities. So it's not like camping at a state park or a national park or anything like that where they have bathroom facilities and you have to check in and you pay. Dispersed camping is basically going out to like government, federal owned property. So like right now I'm in Hoosier National Forest. It's a national forest owned by the federal government and it is basically like uh, just open land that is available for you to camp on. You basically drive into the forest, you find a spot and you set up your stuff and you go camping. You don't have to pay anything but you can't reserve spots either so if someone's already taken it then you may have to look for another spot. Um, it's kind of first come first serve. Overlanding, similarly, is vehicle-dependent travel. So that would be more of like a longer-term trip usually. So if you're taking a vehicle with a rooftop tent on it and a fridge and a bunch of other stuff and you're kind of really dependent on your vehicle, you've got everything that you want in the vehicle, everything that you need to survive for, you know, your four, five, six, seven-day trip, um, that's kind of overlanding. There are there are other definitions that talk about crossing international borders and stuff. In my opinion, it's just like a longer trip where you're really reliant on your vehicle to survive and eat and sleep and all that stuff. You do everything out of your vehicle. So you could call it like car camping and then like overlanding, slightly more intense car camping. Basically, those are the definitions, kind of, in my opinion. So that being said, when you're first going out, though, the requirements are sort of the same. And when I say requirements, I guess I mean recommendations. Um, you know, there's nothing that's required. You could literally hop in a Toyota Corolla with a backpack and a sleeping bag and a ground mat and you could go out into the forest, you could find a national forest or some sort of BLM land or something like that where you just want to go out and you want to disperse camp, and you could go do whatever you want. You could go camp. That's fine. Um, again, what I'm talking about is being safe while doing that, right? So, you know, the first time that I went, I, I way overpacked. I brought a bunch of stuff that I didn't need. I had a bunch of tools and all kinds of crazy things, and I was literally like two hours from my house. So it was like I drove a couple hours south, and I was in the national forest, and I could have called a tow truck, and they could have driven out and picked me up. It wasn't that intense. I really didn't need all that stuff. Um, today what I'm going to talk about is, you know, things that will help keep you safe, things that will prevent you from having like really big 
breakdowns or issues when you're in the wilderness, especially by yourself. Um, again, I go solo camping quite a bit. So that's why I wanted to talk to you folks that are not looking to go with a big old group of people, right? You just want to get out there and kind of get away from stuff and enjoy nature by yourself. Um, so let's start with, uh, your vehicle and your battery, right? So one of the things that is extremely important, and I have I have fallen prey to this a couple times, is you know you're trying to charge your stuff. You're if especially if you're going to be out there for two or three days. Um, you know, right now I'm out in Hoosier National Forest. It's going to be for the next two days. I'm out here. I'm going to have to charge my phone. I'm going to have to charge my watch. I'm going to have to run a fridge. I'm you know I've got a lot of things that I'm running right now. And if you're doing that off your vehicle's battery, one thing you really don't want to happen is you don't want to wake up that final day and be like, all right, I'm ready to go and pack up your stuff and have a dead starter battery. Um, you know, some ways to remedy that are like a dual battery system or a portable uh, power bank. That's what I'm using on this trip because my, my actual truck that I normally use for overlanding is broken. So I'm in my daily driver car. Um, so I just brought a like a 1500 watt hour big old huge power bank. I'm running a fridge off it. I'm charging all my stuff off of it. But that solves that problem. Um, that though takes it out of my vehicle. If you don't have something like that, I'm not I'm not advocating for going and spending a bunch of money, spending 1500 1600 bucks on a power bank or anything like that. What you could do instead, though, is bring some sort of a jump starter for your vehicle. So something like a NOCO GB40, that's what I usually use. I'll put a link in the description down below. But it's basically like a tiny little lithium battery pack with jumper cables on the end of it. So you can be totally self-sufficient. You don't have to find somebody else to pull their vehicle up and attach jumper cables to their car and start your car. With this thing, you're totally self-sufficient. You can just hook it up to your battery if you kill it on accident start up your car, pack up your stuff, and you're gone. Um, so something like that is definitely a good thing. Um, another thing as far as safety goes is first aid, right? Now, I have been camping, dispersed camping, overlanding pretty much my whole life, overlanding for the last four or five years. But before that, I mean, junior high and high school, I was walking out into the woods in the middle of the winter and going camping for a weekend. So I've been camping for quite a while. And I have never really like injured myself seriously enough to require any sort of first aid. And you are probably telling yourself the same thing. And I've told myself the same thing. And until it happens, you're, you're right, right? Until it happens, you, yeah, you don't need a first aid kit. You'll be fine. But that one time when it does happen and you do cut yourself seriously enough, if you watch the show alone, you know, I know you've probably seen some people on there that, uh, that are like really skilled survivalists and then they accidentally are trying to sharpen something or cut something or something and they slice their hand open. And when you're bleeding like that, like there's, you may not have time to get to a hospital. So having some sort of a, uh, training on first aid stuff and then an appropriate first aid kit is good. Now, this video is not going to go that deep into that. It will YouTube and look up, you know, recommendations for first aid kits. There's tons of information out there. Um, but having something is better than nothing, right? So a first aid kit is definitely a good thing to do. Um, now one thing you can do that doesn't require buying anything and is just sort of a preparation thing is actually two things let your family members and friends know where you're going. So if you're going to be going out by yourself, you know, just tell them, Hey, I'm from Friday through Sunday, I'm going to be here in this area. And, uh, and you know, if you can turn on your, your GPS tracking. So like I have, you know, a wife and kids, so I have it set up so that my phone is actually trackable by my wife. She can turn it on. I know it's a little creepy guys. Sorry. Um, but you know, if something were to happen to me out here and I didn't show back up on Sunday, she would at least have an idea of where I was and could send help. Right. Um, so letting people know where you're going, turning on and sharing your location, you know, having GPS active and stuff on a smartphone or some sort of like a Garmin inReach is a good idea. You know, those things are basically set up where they can connect to satellites. They don't rely on uh, cell phone towers. And so they can connect to satellites and you can get a signal out, an SOS to say, here's where I am and I need help. Right. Something like that is also a good idea. 
Okay, and then I'm trying to keep this one pretty short because I want this to be really newbie focused and I want it to not be a slog for you guys. Um, the kind of final one that I'm going to mention is recovery gear. Again, if you are solo, it seems like, you know, I've, I've never really gotten stuck. A couple times maybe, but I was with other people and I only got stuck because I went a little too far because I knew I had help. Um, so you may have that, that feeling too, like, ah, nothing's ever going to happen, right? But if you get, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles out into a national forest that's really secluded and you're far away from everyone and you get your vehicle stuck, that's trouble, right? Like, it, you can't walk out that far. You, if you can't get in touch with people, if you don't have cell phone reception, that can be trouble. So, um, you know, a lot of recovery gear is based on having someone else with you, someone to attach a strap to, to help strap you out, pull you out with a strap, um, you know, that sort of thing. But you need to have some way to self-recover. So whether it be traction mats that you can use under your tires to get more traction to help get you out of a, out of a tough situation, a winch so that, again, you're self-sufficient, you can get out of your vehicle, you can go attach the winch to a tree or something like that, and you can use the winch to help get your vehicle unstuck. Um, things like that are a good investment when you're talking about going solo a lot. Now, if you're not going to go solo a lot you really just need attachment points d-rings soft shackles something like that and straps right like you could just use a kinetic rope or you could use a regular old uh, recovery strap and you could get unstuck as long as people are there but if you're going by yourself it changes everything right so that's part of the reason why i put a winch on my truck is because 90 95 of the time i go by myself um and i knew that if something ever happened i did not want to be that guy that's out there like hiking for 10 miles and trying to get a signal to call someone like i want to self-recover i want to be self-reliant that's kind of one of the tenets of overlanding right is to be self-sufficient to be able to take care of yourself to be able to be safe out there and not get in a situation where you're going to be in trouble um so again, I hope that those tips were helpful for you. I, I'm sure that I missed some things though, guys. So if you've got some tips, if you've got things that you think I missed, drop them in the description. Drop them in the comments down below. I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, drop those in the comments down below too. I'd love to hear those. And I'm happy to try and help as much as I can. Again, I'm just a guy that's been doing it for a few years. I don't, you know, try to say that I'm any sort of expert, but I have done it enough that I think I probably got some answers that I could probably help save you some time, um, save you some, some heartache in the long run. Um, so again, I hope that was helpful. As always, in the description down below will be links to everything that I mentioned in this video. So if you're looking for some sort of a battery jump box, if you're looking for recovery gear, if you're looking for anything like that, I will put links down in the description below for you to make it as easy as possible. Um, also in the description below are going to be links to all my other channels. So if you're into overlanding, if you like this channel, I'd love to have you wherever you want to hang out. Got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, we've got a Patreon page. The Patreon page is awesome. It keeps growing, and we've got a bunch of people over there that are, you know, chatting in a Discord. We've got an exclusive Discord for the Patreon folks, 24/7 chat, which is really fun. Um, and then once a month, we even do like a live stream sort of thing where we all talk about an overlanding type topic together, and they get to be on the podcast and the the YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun. I love having those guys on. Um, so if you want to do that, check out the link to the Patreon down below or at the end of this video. Um, and then last but not least, newbie overlanders facebook group totally free to join if you're on facebook you know i don't really love facebook i'm not gonna lie but the groups are really helpful and this group is growing every single day and there are a ton of helpful people in there and we want to help you get into overlanding right i want to help share this hobby this passion with you guys so if you want to be in that i'd love to have you as well um, but again thanks for watching thanks so much for listening if you're on the podcast and we will talk to you guys next week